This is Christmas Eve. Like, isn't it wonderful? In that video we said the wait is over. Like, we've been building up uh, the last few weeks through this Advent series. It's a whole time of year we've been kind of building up and waiting and waiting and waiting, getting ready for Christmas. And Advent means the arrival. And tonight we celebrate the arrival of Christ. The waiting is over. Now I ask you, though, maybe you are still waiting on something. Maybe right now you're, you're waiting on a last-minute uh, delivery from UPS, right? I'm sorry if that's you. Uh, maybe you're waiting for the 26th. Maybe that's the kind of person you're like, oh, I can't wait. Well, I'll tell you what, tonight we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to celebrate the miracle of Christ. That the waiting is over and we're here and it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, there is a, there's a song that I came across this week. Uh, I never heard it before, but then, uh, you know, you're listening on the channels. I like to have the radio on in my car and have the Christmas music on, and so sometimes you hear some, some new things on the channel. And there's a song by a guy named David Wilcox, and it's called Miracle. And the, the lyrics of that song just kind of leap, like leapt out on, to me, and, and so I looked it up, I Googled it, so I hope these are exactly right. But it said this, Few will choose to follow out of all the star invites. Most will hide safe inside with lanterns turned up right, waiting for a miracle. What a powerful thing. How many in our culture and our life uh, are, are waiting on God to do something, waiting, 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 and missing what God has done. Like so many who, who saw the star but didn't recognize it. Well, tonight we want to recognize what Christ has done. And as we do that, I think there's going to be great joy. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so uh, you'll see we're here. We have an Advent wreath. We've been going through the Advent series. We had the candle lit uh, tonight. Thank you so much for doing a great job. It's, uh, it's lit still, so that's good. Um, the Advent wreath, I, I love this. Uh, I love symbols, especially when we understand what they mean. Because then otherwise they're just, they, they lose stuff. The Advent wreath is, is a powerful thing. Uh, it's, it's a wreath that's uh, uh, made of evergreen. It reminds us of the everlasting life of Christ, the eternal life, like an evergreen tree. Also, it's been created in the shape of a crown, a laurel, that was given to uh, people who were victorious, like uh, overcoming. It reminds us that Christ overcame this world and gives us eternal life, everlasting life. And so on the Advent wreath, the last four weeks, we led up to Advent, we've, we have these candles that we have here, and each week we've been lighting one of those candles, and, and each time we light another candle, it reminds us that how the light of the world was coming into a very dark place. And we get to celebrate that. And every week, every candle represents something and a gift that God has given us because he came. And so we'll be going through some of these. And, and, uh, and at the very end, tonight, we get to light the center candle, the, the gift of light. So um, the very first gift, however, that we unwrapped as we began this series was the gift of hope. There's a purple candle, purple representing preparation. Uh, preparing our hearts for Christ's arrival and looking at hope and what Christ has done in giving us real hope. And the hope that God gave us wasn't just something that's, that's just for the future, for the by and by. It's a hope that, that spans all of time, past, present, and future. The, the gift of hope that we have starts at the back. It reminds us that God keeps his word. That's what the, the manger reminds us of. God keeps his word. He came. And that gives us hope knowing that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Not only that, but there's hope in, in, in my world today. Because if God came, then he also saved. It's an amazing gift that he gives us. You know, there was a, a, a group of people who knew a lot about waiting. 
And those are the Israelites. They waited a long time for Jesus to be born, for their Messiah. In fact, 700 years before he came, there was this passage. We've been memorizing it and uh, uh, singing it to a great song. Hope you all get that stuck in your head. But there's a wonderful passage, and it says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love that part that, that hope is for to us a child is born. God gave us something tangible. He didn't just say, guess what, just trust me, I'm going to do something and then it'll be fine. No, he gave us a person. He came in the flesh. He came. A child was born. That's what we're here to celebrate. That's hope past. We look back and say, what is the evidence of God's, of, of God's working in our world? We have it right there in a manger. God coming in, in, in the human form. And you know, in Hebrews 6, uh, 9, it says that uh, we have this hope as a secure anchor for the soul. I mean, the storms of life and things are difficult, right? Because this world is a difficult place at times. We go through all kinds of storms. God has given us a hope to anchor us through those things. He gave us a person. He, he didn't just give us a promise. He gave us a fulfilled promise. And that hope reminds us that God keeps his word. He's present. He's, he's real. And it helps us in the midst of those times when everything else in life seems untethered. We have a hope that is firm and secure in Christ. And that's a great thing, but also we have a hope that, that secures us not just in, in, in the past, but it's a hope that secures us in our present life. I don't know what you, maybe right now is a really joyful time of year for you. And if that's you, that's wonderful. But I know that there are some here where this, they're going through difficult times. Loneliness. Uh, they, they, this may not be the most wonderful time of the year. But I will tell you this. What Christ has done for us lets us know that God isn't abandoned. He loves you. But he cares for you and he was willing to leave heaven to secure you. That's a powerful thing. It lets you know that God is present in our life and is doing things right now in and through your life. It's an amazing thing. It keeps us so we don't give up. So we can press on until we can see the hope of our future. Christ will return. I mean, if he came as a baby, he came to suffer and die. He will certainly come again as a king. And we long for that and we look forward to that. Until that day comes, we recognize he's at work today. An amazing gift of hope that we find in Christmas. Now, hope is, is a great thing, but it also leads then to peace. It's hard to have peace in the midst of a lot of anxiety. Have you ever tried to have peace when your life is falling apart and you had no hope it would get better? It, it is difficult. I remember going to the mechanic not very long ago, and uh, I don't know much about cars. I just like when I turn the engine, it starts and it drives, and then if I hit the brakes, it stops. It's a good car. And uh, all of a sudden, one of those things didn't happen. And uh, so I went to the mechanic, and I was without hope because I had, I was sure that we would just have to, you know, put a bullet in the car and just call it end, right? It was, was no good. And, and my mechanic is a good guy, and he, you know, and he knows that I don't know much about cars. And he said, all right, he explained it to me, and he said, we can fix this, right? There was hope, and that hope led me to peace. It did, right? Well, if it's true, these little things are so much true in the big parts of our life, isn't it? That God gives us a real peace. You know, we, in, in uh, that message, that second uh, gift that we looked at, uh, at peace, we read uh, apart from Philippians, and it talks about peace. And it says here, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our hope in Christ does lead us to a point of peace, but did you hear that kind of peace? It wasn't a peace from our problems. It's a peace that surpasses understanding. Everybody gets it. Well, if life is going well and you have peace, they're like, well, duh, your life is good. But when life is a mess and you still have peace, when you're going through a storm and all of a sudden you're not flipping out and you're not worried about and anxious, that's the kind of peace that people say, I don't understand that. You will say, I don't understand that, but I'll tell you what. When that peace comes into the midst of your life, in the midst of the storm, we find that God doesn't save us oftentimes just from our storms. He saves us through them. We see his power in the midst of our difficulties to overcome and to, and, and to reconcile people and to rectify wrongs and to do amazing things. We find God in the midst of the storms of our life. It's a peace. And you know what's amazing is that Christ came to this world in the midst of a horrible storm, didn't he? The world was dark. How dark was it? Well, it was so bad that after Jesus was born, the king of that area found out and wanted to kill him. That's a pretty bad area. And just wipes out a whole village. It's a dark world that he came into. There wasn't even a place for him to be born. He had to be born into a stable because there was no room for him in a hotel. Think about that. God came into this into our mess, into our brokenness, and our despair. And yet he gives us peace. And that passage we saw from, from uh, Isaiah 9, that, that prophecy said that he would be, look at that title, Prince of Peace. And we see wherever Christ is, peace begins to grow. When he comes into our life and he comes into our world, we find a whole new kind of peace. A peace that allows us to forgive those who have wronged us. A peace that allows us to pray for those who persecute us. A peace that allows us to transcend the difficulties of our life and to see God's purpose in the midst of them. It's an amazing thing. What a gift that peace is when our lives are no longer run by anxiety. But we find God's hand steadily moving in the midst of all that we live through. Now peace, as wonderful as it is, it doesn't stop there. Peace leads to joy. Now the first two candles were purple, leading preparation, but but halfway through, if we go through Advent, we take a whole week and we go to this rose-colored candle, and it's for joy. That's all it represents. And to recognize that when we have peace, we have room for joy. It's hard to have room for joy when, when you're panicking. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. But not many people who are panicking are like, I'm feeling so joyful! But when we have hope and it leads to peace in our life and we can settle, there is now room in our life for something amazing. It's joy. And it's not, it's not the kind of joy that the world gives. Right? The world gives a joy that's more like a happiness. It's like a feeling, right? But the kind of joy that Christ gave us wasn't like that at all. It's a way of being. Remember that story when Jesus came and, and uh, there were these shepherds that were on a hill? Right, And they were out there in the middle of the night with their sheep, not expecting anything to happen. And all of a sudden, these angels show up and, it's like, and, and start talking to them. There wasn't a whole lot of joy at the beginning of that conversation. How do I know that? Well, in Luke uh, 2, verse 10, listen to what the angel says. It says, but the angel of the Lord said to them, don't be afraid. That's the first thing. That's not what you tell somebody who's filled with joy, is it? They're in the moment of crisis. They're a moment of like, bewilderment. They're, what is this? And yet... Listen to what they say they continue on. Don't be afraid. 
For I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God has given us a message that leads to joy in our life. Something that lightens the burden of this heavy world. It's this, that God has come. Now joy, like I said, is not just a feeling. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but it's just amazing. it's important for us to get that joy is not just a feeling, it's a lifestyle. Just like health isn't a feeling. Some people say, how do you feel? I feel healthy. Yeah, yeah, but you feel healthy because you are healthy. And you are healthy because you live healthy, right? Health is a, is a, comes through habits, a way of living. And in Christ, when he gives us his peace and, and, and we begin to experience his, his his presence in our life, we have new habits. He begins to teach us a whole new way of existing. And that way of existing has, leads us into lives filled with joy. There are things that we learn, some habits like this, like beginning to recognize God. What an amazing thing when you see God in your life, actually doing something in your life. When he begins to change you from the inside out, the person that you were starts to change into somebody different. You begin to see purpose in your life that he has something more than you. When you begin to see the fingerprints of God in your life, it's a powerful thing. It, it alters you and, and how you even perceive the rest of the world. Not only that, but we also find that there's obedience. And I know that's a bad word in our culture, but I'll tell you, when I tried to run my life according to my rules, I got into trouble. That's why I needed Jesus. But he gave me forgiveness, but he also gave me, he said, listen, here's a better way to live. And that way of living led to a lot less problems and a lot more joy. But also there's this abiding, this habit of just living life in the, in the presence of God, knowing who He is, loving Him for who He is, and re- recognizing that God loves me. And how come I can do that? Because God came become one of us. That's why I can do that. He's with us. My God is with me. He loves us. He left heaven to this earth so that we could be with what joy that we have. You know, joy, it doesn't just stop there. That joy, well, it goes into something much, much deeper. It goes into something called love. This world is a, it's a hard place. I think one of the major rules of this world is this, take care of yourself. Like That's like the Ten Commandments of this world right now. Watch out for yourself. Take care of yourself. But God did something amazing. He didn't just take care of himself. He took care of us. He loved us. See, our joy is rooted in God's love. We can't be separated from that. There's a reason we have joy. It's not based upon just some psycho-mumbo-jumbo or, or trying to trick our heads into think, seeing the world in a different way. There's tangible proof God loves me. He came as a person. In fact, if we ask Jesus, why did you come? This is what he said, because there was a guy who asked him. And Jesus said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see the motivation. God loves you. He doesn't tolerate you. He doesn't just put up with you. He doesn't have disdain for you. He loves you. That's why he left heaven. For you and me, and I'll tell you, I, I mess up a lot. And I know you do too. I mean, I've seen a lot of you guys in Safeway, right? <laughs> we got to have grace. And God loves us, not because we're perfect, But he loves us in our imperfection. He loves us in our weakness. He loves us in our loneliness. He loves us in our our times when, when we're not so lovely. God loved us 
He left heaven for us. His motivation so that he so that we could be with him. Not just temporarily, but eternally. That's a lot of love. Think about wanting to spend forever with somebody. You've got to be really committed. And God is really committed to you. God loves you deeply. Romans 8.38 talks about this love, how deep it is. It says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're here this night and you feel separated from God, I want to tell you a wonderful thing for you. God loves you. And there is nothing in your life that you've ever done or anything that you can ever do will separate you from his love. You can't make God hate you. He loves you. That's a wonderful thing. And how does God prove it? He came. He came to this earth. He died on a cross for our sins. He came back. He rose again to show us that he really is who we claim to be. And he says, I care for you. He's calling you. There's never a time in our life that we have to be afraid that maybe somehow I'm going to slip up so badly that God will now have disdain for me. God loves you. He loves you deeply, profoundly. Now that's good news. In fact, that's exactly what it's called. That's what the gospel means. It's good news. And there's a way for you to be made right with God. And this is what it says in 1 John, this love. Well, it's not just meant just for us to keep, is it? I think it's a wonderful thing about how God's love is. The first thing we can do for God is accept it. That's the, when you get a gift like that, you need to receive it. You say, God, I'll take that love. But the amazing thing about this love of God is it's, it's bigger than you and me. It's not meant to be contained just for you. It's not just that God came just for you. Look what it says. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Look at this. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so, dear friends, it says, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That's the power of Christ in you. That's the power of Christ in me. That's the power when, when Christ came into this world and He brought Himself. And He gives us these gifts. He says, don't keep them, use them, share them. And what a joy it is, right, when we begin to share this. When God's love begins to transform our hearts, our lives, it starts to go into the actions of how we live and how we treat other people. Isn't it amazing? Truly will change. And so God's love changes me for today, but it also changes me forever. I love that. That Jesus didn't come just to save me. He came to sanctify me, to change me from the inside out, to make me the man that he, he designed me to be in the first place came to make you the person you always knew that you should be. He's doing it. It's an amazing gift that keeps working. That's the powerful work of God's love in our life. What a gift that we have this time of year. Right? And when we talk about the gift of Christmas, so far we've, we've talked about, you know, these gifts that God has given us in Christmas. We talked about Jesus as this hope bringer and the peacemaker, joy giver. Jesus is the tangible expression of God's love come down. But you know there's another gift that he has for us. And that's the fifth gift, and that's the gift of light. Now light is something in scripture oftentimes it's used as, a, as an illustration of a deeper truth. Think about when things are dark. Like you walk home, 
and it's dark. You turn on, you know, before you turn on the lights and you get in your house and say the old power's out and there's no lights anywhere and you walk into your room, what happens? Well, you navigate as much as your brain will tell you you're going to navigate and eventually you're going to stub your toe. Right? And you're going to trip on things. You're going to wonder, why do I hurt? Right? What's going on? How come every time I take a step, sometimes I fall, sometimes I don't, and I don't get it? See, our world is in darkness. When we separate from God, a lot of us live our lives outside of Him. We wonder why this world hurts us so badly. We're trying to navigate this world. We can't see what we're doing. And so all of a sudden, we, we take these actions and we, we find pain in our life and trouble. And we can't figure out what the cause is. But God came as a light. He showed us the way of truth. The way to treat others. He showed us a better way of living. He turned on the lights. Think about when you walk in your house and you turn on the lights. You think about what a joy that is. Because a lot of times, most people in history didn't have that. Like, they had to walk home and, like, try to light a lantern or something with, like, they didn't even have matches. I don't know how they did it. Right? But we turn it on and we can see. And that's what God has done. He's come into our world and has given us a light so that the world will make sense and that we can live a better way. Christ has done this for us. And this world is dark, isn't it? Think about this world. It's filled with pain and brokenness and more than enough to spare. Right? Every time we turn on the news, there's no one to tell you that. It's like things are messed up. That's just, yeah, yeah, that's the way the world is. But God came to save us from this world and to save us and give us purpose in this world. He came as a light. And so we have uh, John eight twelve. We read this amazing thing about uh, Jesus as being the fifth gift of light. He says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Isn't that a great gift? That's God's gift to you. And it happened because Jesus actually came. He came. People touched him. They talked to him. They knew him. They wrote about him. All kinds of stuff. God came. The light of the world has come. But you know what? Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't just say, I am the light of the world. Look what he says later on in his ministry. He says this, but you are the light of the world. See, a town built upon a city cannot be hidden. And he goes on and says, neither people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand for, where it gives light for everyone in the house to see. And he goes on and say, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father. And we know how to live right. It doesn't just benefit us. It benefits all those around us. What an amazing gift. Jesus came as the light of the world so he could send us out to be the lights of the world, to carry on his gospel, his message, and his truth. He's given us purpose power and living. An amazing gift of light. That's for you. And so now we come into a part of our service that we're going to talk about. What do we do with with this? Well, in just a minute, I'm going to have the worship team come up while I give you some instructions. But as we light our candles tonight, remember this. It's not just lighting a candle and singing a song. It's a reminder that I can only give what I've been given. I can't light your candle yet, can I? When I've received the light of Christ in my life, and the love of Christ, and the hope of Christ, and the peace of Christ, and the joy of Christ in my life, I can keep this candle, and I can hold it all to myself, right? In the midst of a very big sea of darkness, right? Or I can share it. And for us tonight, as we light our candles, it is a call to remember the gifts that God has given us, as well as a reminder of the mission that he's told us to go and love other people, care for other people, bring hope and peace 
joy and love and light that we go. What an amazing gift. And that's the best way I think that we can celebrate Christmas, right? To share the light that we receive. So as the worship team comes out, I'm, gonna, um, I'm going to pray for this. And as we, after we pray, I will, um, I will light a candle if you receive the light. Pass it on. You all actually can all stand too because it makes it much safer if you're all standing. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being the light of the world. Father, as we, as we live in hope, Father, help us to give hope to those around us. Father, as we live in the peace that you bring to our life, Father, help us to make peace amongst those that we live around. Father, as, as we experience the joy that you've given us, help us to share the joy that you've given us. And Father God, as, uh, as we receive your love, let us share your love to those around us. And Father, as we live in your light, let us share the light of Christ to others in our life, that they may too enjoy the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that only Christ can bring. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. We pray in Christ's name.